Welcome to the Business Reboot Podcast. We're here to pull back the curtain of entrepreneurship and help you fall in love with the business of your business. We know every step forward is a chance to be more aligned in purpose, grow businesses that create impact, and live the lives we work so hard for. Sometimes all you need is a reboot to get started. Hello, friend, and welcome back to another episode of the Business Reboot Podcast. We are so <laughs> pumped to be here. Actually, let's be, we're going to be transparent because yes. we just pulled the curtain back. Corey and I, our eyeballs have been crossing and we want to take anxiety naps and we don't know why. I'm like, is we're Mercury in retrograde? I don't know what's happening. It's something. I, mean, I think that I was reading on Instagram, there was a Lionsgate portal. I don't really know what that is. <laughs> I don't really care, but like, I think it must have closed on us. I think I got one foot in and one foot out of the portal because I'm tired. I'm tired. Is that, you know, it would, it would, the portal would close is what we're saying. You, so. you know, listen, you know, when you're in the Atlanta airport and you've got to get on the subway thing and you got the like one leg, yeah, one leg in and one leg out. I feel like that portal door closed and I got a couple legs in and a couple legs out. I don't know. You got close in the lion's gate. Welcome to our life. Okay. I don't so, really know what that is. So, okay. Today's episode, because we've been talking a lot about authenticity in your business. Take a drink. Um, and we've been talking about showing up as yourself and just how vitally important that is for your business growth, because it's going to prevent you from having to backtrack and from having to apologize and and all kinds of things that will happen when we build businesses that aren't actual reflections of who we are and how we want to serve. So for today's episode, we're calling it, it's not them, it's you, because we want to go through <laughs> some of the things that are our dangers of, of showing up not authentically in your business. Um, so we're going to, we're going to do this and call it the Melissa and Corey edition. And it's funny because we, we were just laughing a lot when we were coming up with the title of this, um, because it's kind of like a breakup. That's what it sounds like. But what we're talking about is, how you can show up and be who you are in your business. And when you don't, it can be really detrimental. Right. Right. hundred um, percent. And so we, we are definitely pulling back the curtain a little bit. You know, that is our very favorite way of calling in transparency uh, and how we serve here at the Business Reboot. And so we are actually going to answer some questions for ourselves that we ask our clients all the time. So are you ready? Here, here we, we go. go. Here, here we, go. we go. All right, okay. Corey, I'll go first. I'll go okay. first. Okay. Is it difficult for you to show up as yourself or as you want to be seen? Oh, yeah. You didn't write the answer down to this one on our I show mean, notes. Well, so you don't this have one, the we're going either. cold. We're going cold. We're going, we're going is cold. Is it difficult? So, is it um, difficult? No, not anymore. I think this is funny because I think when you hit 40... <laughs> You don't, you don't give a rat's patootie about cuss, but then <laughs> Zach would have to bleep it. So I'm not going to, but you don't give a rat's rear end as to um, not showing up as yourself anymore. I think that too, when you get into a certain age bracket, you you can turn around and look at like half your life might have actually been lived and you <laughs> only have half <laughs> grab a tissue and a drink because you didn't know this was going to get serious. But I really think that like you realize too, as I am walking through the season of having 20 year old daughters and encouraging them as they're dating, as they're becoming young professionals to be yourself, like don't show up for a date or on a dating app and be somebody that you're not. Same thing with a job. Don't 
don't be be authentically you show up as how you can serve like nobody else can and walking them through the big the beginning stages of like creating who they're going to be as adults and where I'm at in middle age I think that it's gotten a lot easier for me to show up and be seen as who I am right um okay so I'll answer that for so myself it's for you is it difficult for yeah. you to show up as yourself you know um, no, not anymore. It was for a really, really long time. It's because you and turned I mean, 40. That's why you turned I did. 40. I look 40. I'm in my come, in, come at me, bro era. Yes, That's are. what I say. Um, but yeah, no, I think that in the last like three years, I really had, I really had to come to Jesus with myself where I said, who, like, who have I been trying to be all these years? And it obviously didn't work because I still ended up feeling stuck and still ended up feeling frazzled and burnout. And so now it's kind of, a situation where I say, what do, what do I have to lose by showing up as myself? I'm either going to attract the right people or the ones mm-hmm. who are repulsed by me weren't for me in the first place. So I feel like it's definitely gotten easier the older that I've gotten to um, to say this is who I am. And you know, it's funny, I, I see in my kids, this is where if you've ever not done life authentically, and I think that we all could say that there are times where we've got we've got certain people that we can be around where we can be who we are and the rest of the time we have to be buttoned up a little bit um but i watched myself because i lived that for a really long time even though i was i was still myself like there are characteristics of me that have not changed i am very animated i can be kind of loud i am funny i am really I funny mean, i, I mean she thinks she's funny, funny. She thinks she's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um i have to tell people sometimes that i am really i'm just kidding um but i um there there those parts of me have been the same but the boldness to be able to show up and say this is is all that I am. I'm not, I'm not adding on to who I am. Um, I watch it with how I see my kids and they're, I've got a preteen and an early teen. And sometimes as a parent, um, you will walk around with your hand in tucked in just as tight as you can get. Cause you're afraid of what's going to come out of their mouth. And I'm mm-hmm. like, don't make people awkward. Don't stand too close. Don't. And I've watched myself see them and, and almost feel nervous and now I have to catch myself and be like, no, just let them be their crazy weird selves and it's fine. And so, you know, I I feel like I've grown out of it and it makes me thankful, but I definitely spent some time in that valley. And and I think that too, what you're talking about spending time in the valley, I think your twenties and thirties for a lot of people is where you're kind of trying on. Um, It's almost like a, like clothing or an outfit or like a uh, who a lifestyle or who you want to be is this is this does this feel authentic and I think sometimes you do need a couple of tries to get it right and to really settle into your own skin your own feelings your own like this is the life I want to create and sometimes you learn by doing it wrong and you're like no nah, this don't feel right bro like this this ain't this ain't me I can't I can't need to do this and I know I'm talking about your kids I think your kids definitely will oftentimes make you a better person because you mm-hmm. you also get to look at life through their lens and and you are working so hard to make sure that you're raising good humans that it makes you a better person too but i know my mom made a comment the other day she's like nope you have always been the same you have been the kind of kid and adult like either help her or get out of her way because she's when she's made up her mind she's going to do it and talking about being authentically i think we all have those threads that have gone through all the seasons of our 20s our 30s and into our 40s those certain things haven't changed but it's living fully and authentically in that and then I think as business owners showing up like that is what Melissa and I are really talking about in today's episode so I'm gonna ask the next question are you ready 
Yes. Okay. So what has held you back in the past from showing up as the real you? Um, okay. Well, um, I think, I think obviously being afraid of what people would think, like that's always part of it for me. I worry about being too much or being over the top. Oh, never and you. Never I know. you. I know. I remember a friend of mine in college, he was like, you're so animated. And I was like, yes, I am. I'm a cartoon. But, um, but the, the truth is, is I'm really, <laughs> this is, is going to sound so like, I, let me just tell you about myself. I am so multifaceted. No, but I, I am like my personality is multifaceted and that can feel unpredictable sometimes because I'm the person that will, if, if you need somebody to take the reins and lead and be loud and like, you know, be the presence, I can do that. But it doesn't mean that that's what I want to do all the time. And so I think that, that me not understanding that I didn't have to, to be the same person all the time in order to be accepted, that was huge. Like I'm not, I'm not always ready to jump up and down and get attention. <laughs> but I think that the biggest hurdle for me was actually deciding who I was and being willing to be bold enough for that person to be good enough as it is. And when it came to being forward facing in my business, it was a lot of deciding what I wanted to do and not caring that other people weren't doing it. Mm-hmm. And that that really was was a big thing because when I started coaching, no one was coaching at least now, don't get me wrong. There were people, okay, um, that there were tons of coaches that were out there, and there have been, and there will be, and there, there's a, a bajillion of us. But for the particular type of coaching that I do for female entrepreneurs, I remember looking it up, and there was one coach that I found online, and I think she charged like sixty dollars for a ninety minute session, and uh, I mean, I think she might have, you know. <laughs> giving you some crystals and put garlic up your butt. I don't remember. It was a very much more holistic approach compared to what I was going to do with people. And I just was like, yeah, that's not for me. So I didn't have a standard to go by. I had to kind of figure out what I wanted it to be. And, and in doing that, it, um, it showed me a lot that, that I couldn't fully step in to serving in an authentic way and, until that very moment. So I did, I couldn't think about what people would think of me or what, because I was at a point where honestly I had run my business the same way. It was very successful for years, for over a decade. I had done a stint in an MLM and I had done, and I was like, I'm as humbled as I can get. There is literally nothing worth losing right now. Like there's nothing, there's nothing left. And I don't want to do things the way I've always done them. It's either something new and fresh and like changed comes in or I'm going to get a job at the Waffle House and we're going to call it good. And um, and so it, it really was when I figured out who I wanted to be that I was then able to get past being nervous about showing up as I really was. What about you, Corey? I love that. Well, you know, this is something that I hadn't even thought about it until literally as you were talking. And um, I, part, of, part of what I was going to say was like, what people worrying about what people think and then like just getting over it because it's it's too hard <laughs> to try to be anybody else and I'm too old to pretend to be someone or something that I'm not and other people's opinions no longer hold me back but going back to looking at in the past in the past for those of you that don't know like my husband served for 30 years in the United States Marine Corps so my whole identity and it's funny because Melissa and I when we first started working together had a conversation I don't even know if she remembers but it was like 
I don't like you always identify as a military spouse. Like, yes, what, I remember like, that because I was what? confused. She was confused. Like, well, I, I don't understand. What does it have to do with like who he is and what he does? How does that impact you and who you are and what you do? And I was like, in the military community, it it's very much it's 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 not just a job. It's our lifestyle. And there's so many things that go along with that. And when like in the military community, you have officer and enlisted officers means they've gone to college, they're commissioned, and they are in certain leadership roles that are not open to enlisted um, members. And so Kevin was enlisted and retired as a 30 year enlisted Marine. And so, you know, you're always competing for rank, you're competing for jobs, you know, you're doing all the things. But when you go into social settings, what people don't understand is that in the military, your, your work life and your social life, like personal life, they're all kind of sometimes in a messy way intertwined um especially if you live on a military installation your work life balance does not exist and so you as a military spouse get sucked into that so for the last 30 years that was a huge part of who i was and so you are definitely as a spouse identified by who your husband is and what's his rank and what does he do and to the point that i'll never forget we were playing bunko with a group of friends another friend and i our husbands work together, both enlisted spouses, and we were at a bunko party. And this one group of ladies were trying to figure out who we were because we didn't fit into a certain mold. Um, we both, you know, had educations and we both worked and and I had a business by that point. And they were sizing us up basically. And she was kind of like, so what does your husband do? And we were very vague and open because it's like, it doesn't matter what he does or where he works or what his rank is. I'm Corey. I, I'm not him. I was getting old enough and bold enough to make a place for myself without, you know, at the table without needing to identify with my husband. And we were laughing because we kept kicking each other under the table because they got so bold to ask us what street we lived on. Because in Hawaii, we all knew where the neighborhoods were. We all knew what streets were. So it was, your neighborhoods were defined by rank. So if they figured out what street we lived on, then they would know what rank our husbands were. And we just started getting as, I mean, we made it a game and we started laughing about it, honestly. And so that was kind of a defining moment and a pivotal point for me to where I learned to stand up for myself and not care about um, uh, not showing up as my authentic self. Like it doesn't matter. I really started to come into my own about that season of life. And so I brought that boldly into my business of showing up as the real me. Um, this is who I am. This is how I serve. This is how I love on people. It doesn't matter what my husband's drink is. It doesn't matter where I live. It doesn't matter what I wear. This is how I'm growing a business. And so I think that um, that helped me a whole lot in the past. I'm not really caring that. about what people think. <clears throat> I love it. I love it. I mean, it, Look, I'm, I can encourage everyone to turn 40. Please just go do I mean, that. it is life-changing. It is the it best is the thing best. ever. It is the best. It is good. Okay, so next question is, do you feel pressure to show up as others may perceive you? Okay, well, that's a that's a, that's a a little <laughs> different spin on it because now we're talking about their perception. Right. Well, I know I'll, I'll go first here, but uh, we live in a very small town. And so uh, you guys, if you live in a small town, raise your hand. You know how that can be. But I was when we first moved here, I was always known as Mrs. Fraser, the kindergarten teacher for years. And you could I couldn't go to Walmart without people knowing you and saying hi. And the girls and Kevin would even be like, you go into the store. I'm not going with you because you're going to be in there an extra 30 minutes to an hour because you're going to see everybody, you know, on every single aisle and need to stop and talk to them. Um, and so I did feel like I always had to be on and like you you're not gonna fuss at your child when you are standing in the Walmart aisle because you know that somebody's gonna see you and so 
now I work around that and just take my buggy to another aisle, like running high. Okay. <laughs> it's just so funny because I'm like, that is not showing up authentically, Corey. You <laughs> run that cart to their ankles. I'm just kidding. I know, I know. <laughs> but I will say, like, I've always tried to build a brand truly based on authenticity. And so what you see online is what you get in person with me. And so often clients like have met me and they're like, I feel like I already know you. And I'm like, well, that's very intentional because I don't want to be hiding the real Corey, even though I might run down a different aisle in Walmart just for Pete. I'm joking. I'm totally joking. Um, but I don't want to be hiding the real Corey behind closed doors. And like, you never get to meet her until you're behind the paywall. I want it to feel like if you're a client of mine, that when you show up to work with me or I show up to work with you, that you already feel like you've had a glimpse into my personal life and my business life and how I'm going to serve you to the best of my ability and that I was the right choice for you, um, whether it's coaching or whether it's photography or whether it's with the business reboot, I, I want you to have a real connection with me because I know that I look for people to work with in that exact vein or that exact mm -hmm. um, thought process of, I, I want to know a little bit. I want to make sure we connect on all kinds of levels. And so um, even though sometimes I have hidden in the <laughs> Walmart aisle, just, it's just, <laughs> but, but trying to you know, worrying about people perceiving you and feeling like you always have to be on, um, you just have to be very real. Right. I love that you said you don't want people to get to meet you until they're behind the paywall. And I, like, I have a huge soapbox. If we could <clears throat> figure out how to insert some you know, patriotic music right here where I'm going to stand up and give a huge state of the union address. It's going to be about <laughs> untouchable leadership and yeah. I hate untouchable leadership. Um, but it's, I, I don't like the trickery, the tomfoolery that happens when you pay and you get um, the real person or because what happens is when you don't pay, you don't get the real person. Or maybe right. sometimes you pay and you get the real, you don't pay and you get the real person. And then you're like, no, ma'am. Mm -mm. So it, it is funny. I feel like the clients that we work with individually and the the ones that we work with together in the reboot, um, it probably feels like an awkward start because there is no, let me tell you about me. Let me like, we are, we're already, we already know that you know us because we're best we, friends. Are, we are best friends. We are on your walk every morning that you pop on a new episode or um, you can see us on Instagram being crazy and, um, you know, hopefully serving, serving like crazy too. But we um, just think it's really important that people who like what you see is what you get. I think for me, if we're looking at, you know, if I ever have felt pressure um, to show up as others might perceive me, I think that I feel more pressed when I, this is going to, we're going to matrix this one for a second, when I perceive how others would perceive me. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'm way off base. It's kind of like uh, when you're feeling overwhelmed on that first day of school, thinking that everybody's going to be judging you, but truthfully, they're all too worried yes. about themselves to judge anybody else. Right. I, I have let myself get caught up in that space before. Um, you know, we laugh because um, just know that Corey and I, if we say anything that's off color, um, she is going to get diarrhea and think about it for 900 years <laughs> until we go back and listen to every word that we recorded to make sure we don't hurt nobody's feelings. We don't want to hurt nobody's and feelings. We don't. And last week, or uh, I guess, yeah, last week we recorded an episode and I made a comment about the country club and she was like, did we sound like we were being ugly to people in the country club? And I was like, no, but, but I will tell you and what, what I was saying was how I, I've, 
when I was a youth, back in the youth's days, because I grew up very poor, that lifestyle was not one that would ever have been afforded to me. And when I became a young adult and I started babysitting and I would work in the country club, like watching people's kids while they played tennis or did the pools and things like that. And then now as an adult going, you know, I shot events there for years. And when I go to, to networking events and things at a country club, I still feel like that 16 year old girl who doesn't belong. And how, what I'd said last week was that that isn't, is anybody making me feel that way? No, not at all. Like everybody I've ever interacted with has been amazing and incredible and so nice. And they had so many gluten-free options for lunch and I was so (laughs) happy. But, um, but that is, I will, like, that is where my error comes in is that I will perceive how I think others would perceive me. And for some reason, it's like, this is why we also have to process our own trauma and, um, and, work on our mindsets in our business. And I have done so much work. So I'm talking to you from a perspective of someone who these are like past struggles. I'm not, I'm Gucci now, but for years I really did like struggle with stepping into a space and feeling like I bet these people are expecting more out of who I am and it's not sufficient. And so, um, so yeah, I think I definitely have felt pressure for that before, but stepping into the newness of this business and of coaching and and all that stuff that I've been doing in the last three years and some change. um, It's really allowed me to, I think we, I think we will get so wrapped up in what people are thinking about us or how they're perceiving us um, that we should sometimes just rest in the peace of what's right in front of our face. And if, if they're perceiving something and they're not telling you and they're just tucking it in and not, not speaking it, well, that's, that's on them to figure out. So it's not, not, uh, not mine to bear. I I love that. That That's fabulous. Okay. I'm gonna ask the next one and you answer. So have you ever felt that others have unrealistic expectations of you? Yes, Han. Yes, for (laughs) sure. Um, I think I worry less about it now because I don't put myself around people with unrealistic expectations. You may go, you're not for me. You're not for me. You're not for me. I know. Uh, or, or I don't, I don't normally surround myself with people who I have to perform around. Um, it's taken me a really long time, I think, to, to figure out and be very clear about what I can and cannot do for somebody, um, to make sure that I'm helping them manage their expectations of me. Um, I don't want people to be disappointed. I feel like as a person, I can be easily disappointed. And, you know, it's funny because as a kid, I remember my mom telling me that all the time, you're so easily disappointed. Or Anthony has, has had comments like situations where he's like, I'm not trying to disappoint you, but you were easy to disappoint in this particular situation. And I always laugh because I'm like, it is not my fault that I have high expectations for you people. <laughs> like just do what I'm expecting just and we won't my, have any problems. Yeah, meet right. my expectations and we go. Right. Right. But I also think this is where and how you're serving people, you have to get to the place where you're very clear about what you can and can't do. We like to, as entrepreneurs, just be a blanket. Yes. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. You know what? I am an author. I write fiction books, but you want me to write your granddad's eulogy? You know what? I sure can. Mm -hmm. No, that is not the same. That is not the same. It is not the same when you're a wedding photographer being asked to take pictures of dogs. Like it is not the same when you're a graphic designer who builds, you know, logos for, you know, maybe like your city courthouse. And then somebody's asking you to make their band logo. Like it is not, it's not the same line of work at all. And so I just had to get really bold and say, this is what I can do for you. And this is what I can't. And I would love to manage your expectations so that you're going to get the very best from me. But the only way for me to do that is to make sure I'm setting, I'm, I'm the one that's clearly setting what the expectations should be. 
Right. Well, and I know what has helped me in managing expectations is to be very clear. First of all, making sure that I'm not working with with clients um, that are going to have unrealistic expectations. But I also feel like that's also on me to, to establish from the very beginning. As a business owner, I think it, all of us really should take ownership of that. Of you know, If you are constant, let me just say this. If you are constantly dealing with clients that are a challenge, I'm going to go back to my, my teacher days. They're not bad. They're just a challenge. Um, if you are constantly seeing these these hurdles or these these red flag clients over and over and over again, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to be bold enough to tell and brave enough to tell you that it's not them; it's you. Mm-hmm. Um, because right. there's there's right. something going wrong in managing. First of all, setting clear expectations and then managing them. And so, um, I have found that it's very helpful to be clear, concise, um, making sure that those client expectations are in place so that people know, like, I'm not going to respond to an email at 1130 PM. I did do that in one season of my business and it does not happen anymore. Like it has mm-hmm. happened for many, many years, um, a, a decade or more. I'm not responding at, at the, on Sundays. If you email me, I'm not going to go over and respond to you. Um, I have learned to set those very clear and firm boundaries in my business. But I also, hear me clearly in this, hold up my end of the bargain every single time. And I do what I say I'm going to do as far as serving with my whole heart and all my talents. And I really learned this when I was in the classroom. When you are dealing with 29 um, lovely kindergartners that I adored with my entire heart and all of their fabulous parents that I got to love on for an entire year and we became like a family, that's a lot of expectations to manage. It's a lot of pressure from the school system and, you know, administration and your fellow teachers and the parents of making sure that you are helping these children grow into the best kindergartners and be successful, that they can be and be ready for first grade. And so there's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of expectations. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a lot of dynamics to to manage. And so what I learned in being Uh, how to be successful in that kind of situation was to bring parents in from the very, very beginning. And this is how it will apply to your business or how to apply it to you as a business owner is we would all come together on the very, very first um, like parent teacher orientation. And I would start out by saying, I am here to love on your child. I am here to be their number one advocate. I am a partner with you. You and I, we're going to be friends. Like I'm not one of those teachers that's going to be like, you won't stand outside the door and I don't need to talk to you unless I send you a note. Like, no, here's my phone number. Actually, I'm giving you my phone number because I want you to text me if there's a problem that shows up because chances are, if you and I can have a conversation, if there's a misunderstanding that prevents you from needing to go to the principal and everybody getting all been out of shape, come to me. If there's a situation that you have a question about, you don't understand. I am here for you. Also, I'm going to ask you to only believe a portion of what your five-year-old comes home and tells you. And I'm only going to believe a portion of what your five-year-old tells me that happens in your house. And they were like, oh, like mic drop moment because they were like, oh, I'm like, please understand that five-year-olds perceptions of what's happening in the classroom, whether it's a playground skirmish or something that's said or something that's done in the cafeteria line, please know that there's a whole story behind what happened. So just know that what Johnny comes home and says, there's a whole different story to it that they're only perceiving so much in their five-year-old understanding of the situation so when I was five I took x-lux to my kindergarten class oh for the love of Pete I thought it was chocolate in my mama's purse 
and you and it was wrapped in metal like Hershey's, and I just took it and you, gave it to all my friends. Did you give it to your friend? Okay, yes, so see, that's girl. a perfect no, example. not just a friend. A call the parents because all the kids are doo doing. <laughs> Melissa, okay, I didn't so know. this. This See, is a perfect example. I thought it was Hershey's. It was not. Of it was a child not. brought drugs to kindergarten <laughs> and drugged the entire class. Melissa is a drug dealer of x in the kindergarten. So that's a perception thing. So I have to manage that as a kindergarten teacher. And I need you as a parent to be my on my side on this. And so, so... Again, bringing it back full circle. God bless you, Melissa. I would have, I would have lost my mind. I mean, I mean my I teacher was incredible. Curse. I'm sure, but I just remember being like, "I have to go home because everybody's got the poops, and there was nothing you can do." Because I was like, "Would you like some chocolate?" I don't know. You I were don't a know. sweet friend. You were a sweet, I was a good sweet. friend. You were a kind and caring friend who was trying to share, which is what we teach in kindergarten. But I think if you bring it back to business, is that from the very beginning, I called out situations that I knew had the potential to develop, including a friend bringing X likes to share. But parents, appre- I will tell you, parents appreciated that. And it became very on brand for me that they would then, and let me just tell you, I had amazing situations that we worked through and never had, you know, big hiccups. But I think it's because I managed those expectations from the very beginning. I think if you look at how you can do that in your business as well, when you start working with a client, go ahead and have a very clear way that you have your client experience set up, how you onboard clients, how you serve them with fair, open, and honest and consistent communication, and then how you offboard clients, that right, or selling a product, you know, does your product do what you say it will do? Like, mm-hmm. are they going to get the result they're looking for? I think that that is very important. And that helps to manage and prevent unrealistic expectations. I think that's perfect. I think that's amazing. Well, that was it. That was it. I know. So here's the thing. We want to encourage you today to get out there and build a brand you love that is you. Stop worrying about what people will think or are thinking and to show up to serve uh, and create with all that is within you. Because here's the thing, y'all. When you build something that is a replica or very evident, you know, it's very evident that it's not aligned with who you are, it makes for backtracking and covering up and people are going to see that. and they're going to see the disconnect and like, uh, that all sounds very stressful. I don't know about you, yeah, but just is, it's just a lot. It's, it means extra yeah. steps for you. I don't, I don't have room for all that in my life. So here's what we want to tell you. Be you. Watch people who need exactly what you offer come to you for help and be excited to serve in the most real way possible. So we want to thank you for joining us this week. If you have found this helpful, we would love for you to leave us a review because it always helps us to grow and serve even better. And also, please don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at Business Reboot or visit our website at thebusinessreboot.com. And we will be back next week for another episode of the Business Reboot podcast. 